Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires you today. 2024. Who's excited for 2024? Come on. Who knows it's going to be a year where God's going to move in power? Who knows it's going to be a year where we're going to see promises fulfilled? Who knows it's going to be a year where we're going to see a mighty move of God across the Gold Coast? See, what we saw last year was a taste of what's to come this year. Yeah, who's excited? I'm excited. Hey, if we haven't met, I'm just going to rearrange myself here. If we haven't met, my name's Dan. I'm part of the team here at Highway, and it's such an honor and a privilege to be, to be up here and to be able to bring you the word this morning. And it's my prayer this morning that you would leave here more in love with Jesus. You would leave here more empowered. You would leave here more on fire for God than how you came in. Not because of anything I'm going to say, but because I believe we serve an intimate and personal God who wants an intimate and personal relationship with you and who speaks to each and every one of us. So it's my prayer this morning that you would hear his voice. Yeah? Can I pray? Hey, God, I thank you for this privilege. Lord, I pray that as I bring your word, Lord, that any words that are from me, Lord, would fall on this ground, but your words, Lord, would reach the ears of your people, would reach the hearts of your people, Lord, and they would, they would be empowered, Lord. They would be set on fire for you this morning, Lord. In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. You know, God has a plan for your life. And the plan for your life is unity with him that begins with following Jesus. He's got more in store for you than that. But it all begins with unity with him. That's why he sent Jesus, hey? Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. <laughs> I actually want to talk this morning about fire. <laughs> right? More specifically, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit fire that fell on, Pente- on the day of Pentecost. So you've probably worked out I'm going to read a bit of Acts 2. But we'll get to that. But I want to give you a bit of context, right? Jesus has come to earth. He's, he's lived out his ministry. He's died on the cross. He's resurrected. He spent a bit of time with, with his closest followers And just before he leaves to ascend to heaven, he tells them, wait in Jerusalem and I will send a helper for you. So now they've been waiting in Jerusalem for a while. And there's 120 of them in this upper room and they're praying and they're waiting on this helper. And this is where we find ourselves in Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from the heavens and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seems to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. See, I want to give you a few points that I believe uh, uh, you need to get a hold of, a few things that I believe will help you to steward the fire of God that dwells within you. Yeah, and I believe if you want to steward the fire of God well, the Holy Spirit well, you need to be on fire for God. See, what does it mean to be on fire for God? It means to be completely dedicated to Him. It means to be passionately in love with Him, passionately in love with expanding His kingdom. It means to be driven by a desire to honor and obey Him in all aspects of your life. So my first point this morning Can I say it's all, all in for him? That's what it was. All in for him. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Sorry, there were some last-minute edits this morning. <laughs> so 
So you need to be all in. You need to be completely dedicated. You can't be half in, half out. You have to give him all. There's a quote from an American pastor. I'm not going to go, it's quite large, so I'm not going to go into the whole thing. But to paraphrase it, it says, God's fire doesn't fall on empty altars. See, we can't say, hey, God, I want all of you. I want your fire. Fill me. I'm available on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights and two hours on Saturday. No, see, we need to say, hey, God, whatever you need, whenever you need, however you need, you can have all of me. Just let your glory and your goodness shine through me. Let others see your glory and your goodness through me. Romans 12, verses 1 to 2 say, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, a view, in view of God's mercy, to honor your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. To offer your body as a living sacrifice. It can't be part of your body. You can't offer your body three days a week and then, and then the other four days are for you. You can't conform four days to the world and three days be transformed through renewing of your mind. Transformed is something that is a change that happens. That's going to be painful if you're doing that every other day. See, God asks for your whole life. Hebrews says that God is an all-consuming fire. He's not a part-consuming fire. God asks for your whole life, not because he's greedy, not for his sake, but for yours. He asks for your whole life because he loves you in completely and entirely. He asks for your whole life because he knows if you keep something from him, it will fester and it will grow in the dark and it will become a stumbling block and it will hold you back from your potential. It will hold you back from everything that he's called you to do. God asks for your whole life because he loves you. And for some of us here this morning, he's calling us back into, into his embrace, back into his sweet and tender embrace because he loves you. And you've let that, that bit that you've kept for yourself, we've let that, that little area we've kept for ourselves become a, a wall between us and him. And he wants to knock it over and say, give me all of you and I will give you all of me. Where was I? <laughs> Ephesians 4, to 24 says, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. See, it's, it, this is the reality, and Paul's trying to stress it in both these things. You can't be half in, half out. You can't be new nature Mondays... Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, let's go. <laughs> you know, you have to be all in. It's a, it's a daily choice. It's a moment-by-moment moment decision to put on the new nature, to put on the new self. There's, a, there's a quite a popular book going around at the moment, and some of you may have read it, called Atomic Habits. And I feel bad because I've forgotten the author's name, but he says in the book, he says, every action you take, every decision you make is a vote to the identity that you want to be. 
So if you want to be if you want to be putting on the new self, if you want to be like Christ, your every action you take, every decision you make needs to be a decision from the new self to be a vote towards that identity of who you want to be. Now I'm not saying this is easy. I am saying it gets easier with practice, but with practice the bar also moves. What it means to be to be a a, a, a Complete living sacrifice to God in week one is different to what it means on your 10th year. But it's that daily choice. It's that each decision that makes the difference. I want everyone here to look around. Look at the people beside you. Look at the people behind you. Look at the people in front of you. (laughs) Now look back at me. I didn't say Simon Says. You're all out. <laughs> um, sorry, I've got a terrible sense of humor. <laughs> if you struggle to put on this new identity, if you struggle to make the decision that it swings a vote to say that you are a new creation... You just looked at a room full of people that are also struggling or have struggled to do this. See, the beauty is, though, that we, we, this church is a community. That means we have a common unity. And that what unifies us is that we are all following Christ. We are all walking towards trying to become more and more like Christ each day. And what's beautiful is we're not all at the same stage. Wherever you're at, there's somebody in this room that is more spiritually mature than you. Well, there's probably one person in this room that isn't because they'd be the top. But <laughs> they've, they've got like Jesus' speed dot. Yeah, we're good. Um, <laughs> there's somebody in this room that, that's been, what you're go- been through what you're going through. There's somebody in this room that has the wisdom to get you through the season that you're in. See, see, the strength of the church is that we don't start at zero with every person. We don't start from the start. We can build upon those who have gone before us. So if you don't have that person in your life that you can go to, that you allow to speak into your life, if you don't have that person in your life that you can go, hey, I'm really struggling with this. What should I do? Or what did you do? Or you can say, hey, I'm just really struggling with this and and I don't know what to do. Would you just pray with me? You need to find that person. Because you're going to stunt your spiritual growth. You're never going to be fully on fire for God. You're never going to know all, the, all the, 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 the power and the glory and the goodness that he has for your life. Unless you choose to, to, to advance yourself to, to become more spiritually mature. So, I want to speak right now to the, uh, the more experienced Christians in the room, the, 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 the more spiritually mature. And I mean as a compliment. I'm, I'm talking the ones in the room that have, try not to look at anyone in particular here, but <laughs> try, that have more years experience walking with the Lord than we have as a youth team combined. And I want to be the first from, from this younger generation to thank you for your, for your obedience, to thank you for, for, for the sacrifices you made. And I want to tell you, we need you. 
I want to I tell you, for us at least, this is the most important season of your life because we need, to, we need your wisdom, we need your experience, we need your insight, and we need you not to withhold that from us. See, we need to see that you can still be on fire for God after decades. We need to see that you can still be in love with God more than the first day you ever met him after decades. We need to see that you can still be passionate about people being saved, about people being set free after decades. We need you. My second point is it's all on him. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. See, if we want to burn for God, but not burn out, we need to completely rely on God. See, I think a lot of us take this verse to be like our physical needs or to be our, 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 our uh, provision, what we need to survive. But the reality, it says anything, everything. See, I think there's a trap that Christians can fall into. And I'm speaking from experience here because I've fallen into it and I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm sure I'm not the only one in the room. But we're so, unlo- so in love with God, so in love with Jesus, so grateful for what he's done for us that he calls us to something and then he calls us to something. And we're so passionate so excited. We, we go in with all we got. We're like, yeah, God, I got you. I'll, I'll do whatever you're asking me to do. I'll do this for you. Don't even worry about it. You go sort them out. I got this. <laughs> and we put everything we are, we put everything we have into doing this thing for God, but we missed the point that God wasn't calling us to do it for him, but he was calling us to do it with him. Hey, Lockie, can you grab that? The first one. Yeah, good job, bro. See, it's like this. This is an oil torch, if anyone. It's not a grenade. Courtney said it looks like I'm going to throw it. <laughs> right, and this, the, the purpose, the intention of this is that it gets filled with oil. And this wick here brings the oil to the surface and then it, it burns and creates light. But the wick itself doesn't get burnt. But see, when we, when we do something... It's meant to be done with God. We try and do it for God. We set ourselves on fire and try and, and, and fulfill a spiritual calling by physical means. Without that fuel, without God being the one that's actually carrying the weight, without God being the one that's actually doing the purpose, we, we, we don't burn bright, we don't burn long, and ultimately we just get burnt. See, we're not called to do things for God. We're called to do things with God. We're called into partnership with him, whether that's running a connect group or jumping into a ministry or serving at church. None of it is called to do for God. It's all called to do with God. If you want to get even more into it, it's called to, to 
come along with God as he does something through you. See, I'm convinced that God isn't just asking us to do things for him because if he was interested in us just doing things for him, why send Jesus? He had a nation that did things for him. He had a nation that got things for him, did things for him, burnt things for him. He sent Jesus because he wanted to do things with us. And I'm convinced when I read my word that God doesn't call us to do things that we could do on our own. Right? Take a look at Noah. Noah was called to build a boat. He'd probably do that on his own. But then he was called to raise up, to, to gather up two of every animal that existed. That's getting a bit tricky. But then he's called to live on this boat for over a year with two of every animal and to keep them healthy and safe and peaceful for over a year. I don't care who you are. You might be like Steve Irwin's grandson. I don't know. You can't do that without God. <laughs> right? Look at Gideon. Gideon's a man that had so much self-doubt, and he, God calls him to, come, to, to raise up 300 men against the largest army, the most powerful army that had been seen in the world at that time, and to defeat them and to drive them out. I don't care how good you are at military strategy. You can't do that without God. Look at Abraham. He was an old man. His wife was a, was a ma- old lady. <laughs> well past the age of, of childbirthing. And God comes to Abraham and calls him to be the father of nations and says that from his offspring that he, he will have descendants more than the stars in the sky and that from those descendants, the whole world will be blessed. I don't care who you are, you can't do that without God. Joshua was called to lead a, a, a people group that were one generation separated from being slaves to, 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 a, to a military campaign to, to take back a land that was occupied by, by settled, by developed nations, the powerful nations. I don't care who you are. You can't do that without God. Moses was a man that was, that was rejected by his own people. And God called him to go to the most powerful man in the world, to the most powerful nation in the world, and convince them to let their free labor go. See, I don't care how good you are at speaking. You can't do that without God. David was called, he was a shepherd boy, the youngest in his family, his own father, when he heard that the, 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 a prophet of God was coming to anoint the next king. His own father left him out in the field because he didn't think he was important enough to be anointed. Yet he gets anointed and God calls him to defeat Goliath, a giant, when he was just a boy, and then to be the, a king of Israel. See, I don't care who you are. That doesn't happen without God. See, I'm convinced if you can fulfill your calling without God, then God has a bigger calling for you. I have that other one. See, this is the difference. 
Well, you can leave it there, bro. It's all good. This is the difference, right? This is how we're meant to be. We're meant to be partnered with God. See, the difference is when we, when we just be the vessel, when we just be the conduit for what God wants to do, we don't burn up. God burns up. God doesn't burn up. <laughs> but we don't have to worry about burning up. We don't have to worry about getting burnt out because God's the one that takes the weight. God's the one that does the, uh, the hard work, you know? My third point is expect overflow. Back in Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the other believers. It then lists the languages, and then in verse 13, but others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, this is, they're just drunk is all. Then Peter stepped forward with 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. Peter then preaches a message empowered by the fire of God, by the Holy Spirit he's just received. And we see that those that believe Peter were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in total. See, Peter received that, that fire, that Holy Spirit. And then he preached empowered by the Holy Spirit. It all started with 120 people that were, that, that were passionate, that were in love with God, that were waiting for what Jesus said he would send, and 3,000 people were saved. We can go into the significance of these numbers. Or we can take a step back and go, wow, when the fire of God comes, there's overflow. When, 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 when faithful people take a hold of the, of the fire of God, there's overflow. See, we're living in that overflow today. This was the birth of the church, and the church has continued to grow and expand since then. You are part of this overflow. And what God wants, what God needs, is, is he needs your yes. Your, you can have all of me, Lord. Let me have that fire, and you can be a part of this overflow. See, when we say yes to being sold out to God, when we say yes to, to being set on fire for God, to partnering with God, allowing God to flow through us, we can expect the overflow to continue. There's a quote that's often attributed to John Wesley. I'm sure uh, a few, most of you have probably heard it. But it goes, set yourself on fire for God and people will come from miles around to watch you burn. See, whether Wesley said that or not, we can see here in Acts that people came running when they heard the noise of what was going on. And I'm not, gonna, I'm not happy with just people coming to watch me burn. I had a third part of this illustration that I wanted to do, but <laughs> we had the youth team over last night, and that's why they're laughing. Um, <laughs> it just didn't seem like a good way to start the year by burning the church down. So, 
<laughs> there was just too much risk involved. Um, Courtney's very disappointed. She was definitely not worried about our house last night as we were testing it. <laughs> See, I want to be someone that's so on fire for God, that has so much overflow of the Spirit, that, that people around me catch fire. See, I wonder what the church would look like if we were people so on fire for God, so overflowing with the Spirit that, that people around us would catch fire. There is a world that is so desperately in need to know that God loves them. It so desperately needs you to be on fire for God. Just like we need the, 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 the wiser Christians in this room to still be on fire to God, to still be passionate and in love with Him. There's a world that needs to see that you are on fire for God, a world that needs to see that you are passionate for God, that you love God, a world that needs to know that there is a God that loves them, that cares for them, that hears their distress, that hears their suffering, that wants to embrace them. We're going to worship in a minute. Now, I've asked the team just to do one worship song at the end of this. Just, I want to give us the opportunity to lay our life down again to God. I want to give the people in here that, that may have taken a step back or have been burned in the past to, to lay their life down as a living sacrifice to God once again. To invite him in to, to, to partner with him once again to see the fire of God flow through them, flow through, flow through us once again. But before we do that, I have to give an opportunity for anyone in this room that hasn't taken that first step to follow Jesus. For anyone in this room that doesn't yet know the love that God has for them. So if we can all stand up. And if that's you, if you're here and you want to know what it is to follow Jesus, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in a minute. You know, when when I said yes to following Jesus, I was at the end of my rope. I had given my all to what I thought I was called to. I had put everything into what, what I thought would bring me fulfillment, and I, I was nothing but burnt. But it was a moment with Jesus that, that gave me hope. It was a moment with Jesus that, that brought joy back into my life. It was a moment with Jesus that brought fire back into, into my, my soul. It was a moment with Jesus that changed everything, that gave me a brand new start. And see, this is why we do this every service is because we don't want anyone to miss the opportunity to say yes to starting that, that, that journey, to say yes to following Jesus, to say yes to a new start, to say yes to hope, to say yes to, to freedom, to say yes to joy. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you here this morning, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand now. I'm not going to embarrass you. We're going to all pray a prayer together.
You're worth waiting for. Two thousand years ago, God sent His one and only Son to the cross to die for you, because He loves you, because you're worth it. Are you here this morning? Awesome. That's so good. Let's play this, pray this prayer together, church. Thank you, God, that you sent your one and only son for me to die in my place so that I could know what it is to live. Jesus, I accept your gift, your gift of hope, of a new life, and I invite you in. Help me to follow you. In your mighty name, amen. Why don't we give a round of applause? A couple people made that decision. That's awesome. We hoped you loved that message. If you want any more information about us, head to highway.com.au.